And so my after my junior year, I said I wanted to do an internship. So it was my junior year that I made that decision to do an internship before my senior year because I figured I want to go into my senior year having the experience of working in the real world and having that experience of also playing basketball so I could have a good, a good like, comparison before I make my decision. Welcome to the Court to Corporate podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes, or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Leaving something good for something better. That's exactly how Michael Enzi describes his decision to forgo playing basketball professionally to begin his career on Wall Street. At the time of Michael's feature in Forbes this past spring, he had just wrapped up his run of four straight NCAA tournament appearances and his tenure as captain his senior year on the Seton Hall men's basketball team. So naturally, at the close of his last March Madness run, people were expecting him to continue playing. But when asked what was next after his last game, he had already come to his decision after a pivotal moment the summer before. So we're excited to have Michael on today because he's joining us to share the insight and decision-making and process that led to this exact moment. We're talking about the different experiences that led him to understand and believe that finance was what he was actually meant to do. And that's for moments like being only the second Seton Hall basketball player to be in the business school to actually choosing to do an internship the summer before his very last season. We talk about how he balanced the pressure and expectations about what his path should be from others as a high-performing athlete. And lastly, we discuss how leading with curiosity can unlock relationships, mentorship, and ultimately opportunity. So thanks again for tuning in to today's episode, and here's our conversation with Michael. So welcome to another episode of the Court to Corporate podcast. Today we have Michael Enzi joining us, Seton Hall basketball standout, Big East Conference champ, and now on Wall Street. Michael, thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, So let's start with the fun facts. You are only the third Seton Hall player to be on four NCAA tournament teams. So congratulations. But let's talk about, of course, but let's talk about the moments following your last one. When asked what was next, you share that your next steps were in finance without a doubt. Can you just tell us about this moment? And did you think people were expecting that answer from you at that time? I'll start with what people were expecting. So a lot of people actually were expecting me to continue and like further with my basketball career, especially the people that had followed me way from Nigeria. So when I made that decision and I told them I was going to go into finance, a lot of a lot of my friends thought I sold them out. It was like, 
bro, we were rooting for you. We wanted to see you play. We wanted you to keep going. And I had to make them understand that um, I, was, I wasn't really going to quit basketball, but I was only leaving something good to go to something better, which for me, I thought, like, starting a career would be a better choice for me than just following basketball. Basketball makes me happy, but looking at the big picture, I just wanted to do something that in the, in the long run is going to pay more, pay, pay more for me in terms of learning and in terms of developing. So that's why I made that decision. Of course, of course. Is, I mean, I guess that expectation that people had of you, was that something that you were aware of throughout your career or did it just develop in your senior years, you were a starter. Um, and was it any pressure on your end, like kind of dealing with those expectations? People will always have expectations and people will, will always want to plan the future for you. But every man designed his own destiny. So uh, I know a lot of my friends during my senior year have talked to me about, oh, what are you thinking about doing? Are you interested in going overseas? Do you want to try for the league? Stuff like that. And sometimes I wouldn't want to answer them because I wasn't ready to tell them like what I was going to do because I already made up my mind before the season that after the season, I was just going to give it up. And so the whole time, I would just maybe talk to them a little bit about it, talk to some agents. And when the season was over, I just had to let everybody know that um, that wasn't something that was on my mind and I wanted to go to something else. So I just never let people's expectations define my destiny. I try to like create my own destiny for myself and just believe in God in whatever I'm doing. So that's the whole time I could talk to people about different opportunities in basketball, but deep inside I know that I wasn't going to follow up with it. So that was my senior year. Yeah, no, that's powerful. And today, obviously, we're going to walk through, you know, what got you here, what led you to that decision process and these pivotal moments. But take us back. So you moved here at the age of 17, I believe. Tell us about your upbringing and how the game of basketball fit into that. Um, I pretty much started playing basketball really late. I started playing basketball at age about 14 to 15 before I became 15 years old. Cause I used to be like, so into soccer. Um, everybody in Nigeria plays soccer. But when I started growing really tall, I, it became like hard for me to play. Cause one of my friends are always making jokes that I should be the goalie. And it's kind of disrespectful to where we come from. So I just wanted to do something that fits. That's what really made me start playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And when I started playing, it was really fun. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. And at that time, I had a lot of people and a lot of friends who played basketball were already in the game. And they were, like, really huge in helping me catch up with, like, a lot of the skills that I think I have coming in. I had the athleticism. I could run. I could just move on the court, but I just didn't know what I was doing. And then people would just, like, tell me what to do. So when I started playing basketball, I started loving it like every day it became like the the moment I learned how to make a layup, I wanted to keep doing it. And when I started like making shots, I want to, I want to do all the time. So I just kept pushing myself and the people around me kept pushing me. 
and all of a sudden I could just like play with everybody else. Before I was just the guy that watches and and plays when everybody else is done. So when I was able to play with everybody else, then I, my friend who played at St. John's University at that time was like one of the best players in our town. And he had asked me, what do you think about doing basketball? I said, bro, we're just having fun. And he was like, I'm not. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm trying to go to the U.S. I was like, in my mind, I was like, you're not even good enough to go to the U.S. (laughs) (laughs) And then couple months, he started making, like, really big waves. He went to, like, the basketball with our butter camps in Africa. And when he came back, he was telling me stories. And me just watching him make things happen for himself just kind of, like, got me going. And I, like, do everything he was doing. I just followed him everywhere. Stayed under his shadow. Just And I, I just started, like, catching up with everything. And when he finally moved to the U.S., I just knew in my head. That that's that was my goal at that time. So when it came for me to make that decision to go to the U.S., I didn't even look back. Like mm-hmm. if you know that story, I I had called my mom from the airport because I didn't want anybody else's decision to like stop me from going. Wow, wow. Yeah. Can you tell us about? I mean, leading up to that, I guess to this moment in the airport. What was the decision being made at that time? Was it to oh, pursue it, was, it from? Okay, it was, yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was a tough time for my mom. That's why I didn't want to share. I had just lost my dad a month mm. before I left. Mm-hmm. So my sister and my aunt were really huge um, in supporting me, in standing behind me, because I was just only 17. And for everywhere I went, I needed someone older with me. So my aunt would always go go with me. She was like, this is not a time to like get your mom out the house or even tell her she she just lost your dad and she don't want to lose another kid to <laughs> to a dream that he's trying to pursue. So we all just like decided to keep it away from her. So it wasn't just like my own decision. We all we all came to conclusion and I just when I was at the airport I just felt like I should let her know. Mm-hmm. Nah, just let her know, you know? And I did. And I've, since then I've gone back twice to see her though. And whenever I go back home, I never tell her I'm coming back. I just show up in the house. And she's just like tired. She's just like tired of me at this point. I'm sure she enjoys to see you whenever you're there. Um, so yeah. can you tell us about what led you to Seton Hall specifically? So once you moved here when you were 17, can you just share more on your recruiting process? Okay, so I didn't really, so I came to America. I thought like, yeah, I was really good in Nigeria. I'll be really good when I come here. So when I came to America, everybody knew how to play basketball. So I was like, why do these guys have me over here if everyone's so good? And at that age, I just started like working extra hard because um, the goal was to make it to college at that time. Um, it was like always the next the next goal. So I, I worked as hard as I could. And I, when I started getting looks for different colleges, I didn't have any idea what college I want to go to because I didn't grow up in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talked to some of my teammates. of like, oh, I've always dreamt to go to UConn. I've always dreamt to go to St. Hall. I've always dreamt to go to St. John's. When they asked me, I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know no history about any of the schools. So they was like, okay, this is why you take business. So my decision to go to St. Hall actually came from my visit to the school 
I just, from the people that I met and like interacting with the team, the team, the team, the guys on the team at that time, mm-hmm. and like go, just going around the classes, I personally like small classrooms. I don't really like big classrooms because I know if I sit in a big classroom, I would want to be in the back seat because it's 100 kids in the class. But if it's like 40, 18 kids in the class, you're going to be forced to pay attention. So I knew it that I didn't have the discipline at that time. And I wanted to put myself in a good place. So I just decided to go to Seattle Hall just because when I went for my visit and I played with the guys, it was really like a great fit. They, They had like everything set up for everybody to succeed. So I just figured like compared to other schools that I visited, Zone was where like this Seal Hall was a place where I could just excel academically and excel also in basketball. That's important to pay attention to the people and also just know those little things about yourself, right? Like even if it's as small as a class size, but it's more about like the priorities behind that. So that's super interesting. So let's talk about your time there. You redshirted your freshman year, but from there, consistent contributor to standout to starter. And as mentioned, you're one of three that have been to four NCAA tournaments. Tell us about your game, your your time in the program, and just what you guys did on the court. Oh, so my, my first year was really horrible. I say horrible because when we talked when we talked about expectations before, mm-hmm. that was the one time I let like pe- people's expectations get to my head. Mm. So going into college, they were like, "Oh, you're gonna do great. You're gonna do that." Like I had so many people. Once I come in at the sale hall. I had so many people reach out to me like, oh, yeah, it's a good fit. You're going to fit right in. And then I was like so happy, so excited for myself. I went in there ready to go. But life happens. The summer before the season even started, I broke my wrist. Oh, no. (laughs) So when I broke my wrist, it was sad because it was my first time getting hurt, like playing basketball. So I was out for three months. So... I was young, stubborn, don't listen. So why I was rehabbing to get back to playing, I was so, like, I couldn't just be patient enough. So I started trying to play with my my wrist. Like, we, we just with one hand and just show coach that I want to be there and everything. But I wasn't thinking that my health comes first. They would try to remind me every time. And I'll still try to persist and just for them to let me practice, let me play, or like get me involved into something. And when three months passed, my wrist didn't heal. Mm-hmm. And the doctor said I have to get another surgery. So I was there my whole freshman year wow. having two surgeries and walking around campus with a cast on my, on my left wrist. So I, I had a really horrible year personally, like dealing with everything. And dealing with like you thinking like oh I'm not meeting up for expectations, and then having people turn their back on you it's just it's so hard like yeah. for you realizing that sometimes a lot of people are only there for you as an athlete just because of your performance. So I realized that early. So when I came back to playing myself, my I just was just just wanted to to get back on the court again. Didn't really have much expectations for myself um, in terms of like what I wanted to achieve. I just wanted to like put myself like in a good position to be able to help the team. And we had a really successful year because uh, we won the biggest. 
But after that, I started like, you know what, it's time to like take it to the next level. But my junior year was really crucial in my decision making. Uh, in my junior year, I realized after like take, getting into the business school that I could be something else if I try. So I just, at that point, with me redshirt in my freshman year and having good grades and trying to keep it up, I'm just, I just became passionate. And I wanted to give 100% both to basketball and both to academics. And so my, after my junior year, I said I wanted to do an internship. So it was my junior year that I made that decision to do an internship before my senior year because I figured I want to go into my senior year having the experience of working in the real world and having that experience of also playing basketball so I could have a good, a good like, comparison before I make my decision. So I wanted to know what it felt like working and waking up every day to go to work, and I, I already knew what it felt like being an athlete. So after my internship, I was I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty can deal much, with this. Pretty much the, it's pretty much the same thing. So like that, that was my, I would always say my junior year was really crucial. But my senior year, I just went back there. I just, um, I was like, young group of guys. Uh, it was my first time stepping up to try to be in a leadership position. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time I always try to play the back, the back row and just try to support. But this time I just told myself, like, God presented you with the opportunity and I wanted to see how you do. And at this point, I've already let that people's expectations doesn't really define my destiny. So going into the season, everybody was like, oh, see how it's going to suck. They only have one senior and a bunch of freshmen. And I just try to like give the guys like a little piece of advice just to not like not look at people's expectations for your life, for you to just do your thing out there every night. And we ended up having a really good season, fell shut at the biggest tournament. But at the end, I was still proud of the young guys and being with them and let, let and for them allowing me to be their leader. So like I really had fun. I think I had my best year, my senior year, because I had a lot of fun with the young guys, and I really learned a lot about myself. Wow, that's amazing! And so let's talk about. <laughs> yeah, I hope that. <laughs> yeah, no, fully answered the question. Um, but let's like start with how this first started to come together. You mentioned in the back end, your freshman year, got into the business school, and you know you were Big East all academic four years in a row. You were the Scholar Athlete of the Year your senior or your last year. Can you just tell us how this all started to come together for you? Like what, as as you were going through your first two years on the basketball team, getting better, taking it to the next level, what was the first trigger for you to even, you know, think about the business school? Like what, what were these people or places or like information around you that like pushed you in that direction okay. to begin with? It's- it's a simple it's a simple it's a simple like foundation. Number one, I'm Nigerian. Nigerian Nigerians don't play with education. That's number <laughs> one thing. If you meet any Nigerian, they wanna go to school and they wanna do well. Mm. So from a little age, our parents has they had instilled in, in us that they wanna see us succeed and the only way we could show it to them is by coming home with good grades. So I forgot how that felt like because I was so into basketball and I just was 
doing just okay to pass. But when I registered my freshman year and I was out, I wasn't playing basketball for a whole year. I figured, like, what do I do with myself? So I just started like paying a little more attention in class because I was I was I was just a student at that point, and my grades started coming back, and I'm looking at it, hey, I'm like, okay, I forgot what that felt like. And when I started having so much A's and my GPA became like really good, and I, I just looked at it, I was like, there's no going back from this. And when I came back to playing, I just didn't want to see the number drop, <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I just took it up as a challenge not to see it drop. And a, a couple of people also did say, oh, you only get a good grades because you're not playing right now. Wait till you stop playing. And I was just like, you know what? <laughs> How about I just, like, try to do something that I've always done growing up? So I just, like, really paid attention. And it was tough because I know a lot of times I've had to do homework on the way back from a road trip or coming back at 3 a.m. and waking up at 8 a.m. to go to class, or going to class after practice at 8 p.m. at night that you, you know, you play basketball, so you know how it felt mm-hmm. after practice. You wanted to go back to your room, but not those night classes from being in the business school, it's just like, this is something I can't miss. I owe it to myself. So I think all that started just from my upbringing, I give my parents credit, and also I give my country credit because Nigerians, we don't really quit when it comes to education. Of course. It sounds like a lot of that was the challenge, but also what you just said, you owe it to yourself. It is hard to balance, um, but I think it often starts with just that mentality going into it. Um, So that totally makes sense. Before we move on to, I mean, how you identified what was next and your passion for finance and how you pursued that, Tell us about your senior season. Were you the only senior on the team at the time? And how how was that for you, stepping into that leadership position and sharing what you learned from the past four years with, with all the underclassmen on the team? It was new for me, to be honest. Um, I was the kind of guy that only spoke when someone asked me, maybe coach, like, Mike, you got something to say? And then I'll just say something. Yeah. And... Being the, the only senior, I knew I had to be the guy to, to, to speak first. <laughs> so it was like, I had so much young guys that came that year, a lot of freshmen, and we had about three juniors on the team. But a lot of the guys I've known for a while, and we all had good relationship from playing on different teams or from just being around the same New York area. So when the season started, I just we just knew what we wanted. We just all had like the same goal and I will always call these meetings where we could just all like talk. I wanted everybody to be able to like feel free and feel comfortable to give their opinion. I wanted the freshmen to feel comfortable. I didn't want to be that guy that's somebody's dad and saying, Yo, don't do that and I wanna be that guy that when the freshman's going through something, he could come to my room and tell me like bro, I'm struggling. I need help with this. So I just wanted to put myself out there. And I struggled on my own because the season, you know, the up and down in the season, it was it was tough. And a lot of times I've had to rely on these young guys too. So it wasn't just, oh, 
uh, I'm the senior, so I, I I know everything now. Um, I was always like, we my, my, the young guys, I'm telling them, yo, I need help in the game. When things don't go right, they're the ones coming to tell me, bro, come on, let's get it together. We need you in the game, stuff like that. So it was just like everyone was there for each other. So I never really looked at myself as, oh, no. I I was just that guy that when things wanted to we're going wrong, like I remember after one game, it was so bad. I just had to call the media right away. And I was like, we can't, we can't, we can't let that happen to us. We worked so hard. And everybody was like, yeah, we know. And the next game, we just picked it right back up. Yeah. So I just, I just had a really good time being with those guys because I felt like everybody was responsible and everybody was really looking out for themselves. So it didn't, I didn't really have to do a lot. I was just there. No, I was just there. You were there, and you said a few words, and you guys did well. I'm joking, but yeah, yeah um, everybody balled out. Right, right. No, that's great. So now moving on. So you've mentioned you took the time that that summer that you did the internship. You knew what being the athlete was like. You wanted to explore what this different path could be like. But let's start from the beginning. How did you first identify finance of interest? Was it your classes? Was it mentorship? Was it doing your research or a combination of all of those? Talk to us about that. So um, it's just a bunch of like different process that all just started and all at the end just kind of came in line and then I was like, oh, this is really what I was meant to do. Mm. So growing up in Nigeria, um, third world country, we struck our economic our economy is so bad and I've had to listen to my parents giving me so many excuses from not getting me a bike or not getting me a toy that I wanted. And I was just like, what is this? Maybe at five years old I thought it was somebody. Academy was like a person. So growing up, I was just curious to learn more. So when I saw economics on in the pamphlet for the business school, I was like, you know what? I want to know what that is. That was just me going in at first. And then when I got in, they said, um, it's going to be hard for you to be in the business school. You're a student early. You're not going to be able to make it. They require so much of you, your time. And I was like, who said I can't? And they were like, we, we, we've only had one basketball player being in the business school before. And I was like, well, people are different. They were like, well, we can't just let you get into the business school. You have to take a bunch of prerequisite class to prove you could be in the business school. I was like, okay. And then, so I spent my freshman year taking this class that I'm required to take just to show I could be in the business school. So after those classes, I got in the business school with no idea or no knowledge of much i was just like everything was new to me mm. so as a student athlete you don't want to limit yourself to just having just basketball friends you want to be mm. out there with every other student knowing what they think about what their plans are so i met like a, a bunch of students i became friends with them so just from talking to them they were telling me about their goals and a lot of them were just mentioning different stuff that I never heard of and I never thought about. And and I was asking, what classes can I take that's going to teach me more? And just from talking to people, I just realized what classes I could take. So someone that had asked me to take um, business finance, 
when I started taking business finance, it was just cool to realize that if to understand the term about present value and future value. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be around a lot of people that make money just from like basketball, but you want to know how to be able to manage your money and everything. So I was just like, you know what? I need to know more about this. And then I just, I just went in there with like curiosity. And then after that class, I was like, this is actually kind of tough. I'm not sure if I want to do this. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to major in economics, but I'm going to take a couple more finance classes. Then I took money and banking. So when I took money and banking, I started learning about the feds. I started learning about how the economic works, demand and supply, just how feds decision will affect everything else. So I was just like, okay, so really things just don't happen. Something got to constantly to happen. And if you got a good knowledge, of when, what happens when this event occurs in the economy, you'll be able to understand what to do when it happens. Like if we hear like, oh, the Fed's about to cut rates, or oh, you know what's about to happen. So I was just like happy to know that. So I was just, after that, I just decided, you know what, I have to do something involving markets. And then from there, I started talking to this guy who was a year ahead of me, and he told me about the investment club. I was still doing, I, I still tried to do all of this while I was still playing basketball. So so I had little time to myself. And so when I started learning about stocks, you know, having that mindset that, oh, if I, if I understand stuff enough, I'll be able to buy a stock and make money mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in a short time. So I, I, that, that was just like what I was thinking the whole time. And it, it just like all just came out of curiosity and talking to people and everything didn't really manifest. It was just me thinking to myself until I actually met someone who actually worked in Wall Street. Um, my mentor, his name is Kevin Greer. When I met him, he didn't even ask me about much about what I knew because at that time I knew nothing. Like, I just told you like everything that that made me decide to go on the like the business school. He didn't have mm-hmm. nothing to do with like any knowledge that I've had. It all had to do with my curiosity. And he started coaching me, telling me different stuff, and telling me I would need to do an internship. So it was through his guidance that I learned a lot and I learned what to read, what I need to know, and how to prepare for like for interviews and everything. So he was really instrumental in me um, finding my way. So without him, I'd probably still be playing basketball, maybe. I was really happy I met him. Yeah. The importance of mentorship. And also, I was, as you said, like, I was just curious. And I was going to say, like, as you were describing what that process was for you, I was like, it's really just a matter of first being curious, being willing to ask around and do your research through people, but also being self-aware, right? Like, know what's for you, know what's not for you, um, and just get comfortable with being able to pivot. And it will all manifest, as you said. Um, so talk to us about that internship. So he he told you what was real. He gave you the coaching, told you what you needed to know, told you you needed to um, take this next step through an internship. How you were you were managing this business school process as an athlete? How were you then thinking about actually getting the internship? And how did you navigate those conversations once you made your decision? Um. So um. It was really after um. So actually, 
before this the season started for my junior year, um, I that's when I met him. So we were talking, and I would call him, and he would tell me what to read, and he would explain to, explain to me what it meant. And I knew at that point that I had to sacrifice that summer before my senior year to do an internship because that was my only shot. I was like, if I don't do it in college, I'm not going to graduate college and do an internship. So I was like, I only have one summer left. So um, when I went to the coaches and I told them my decision, that the coach was like, you really have to focus on basketball at this point. And I understood where he was coming from. But if it's something that you really want to do, we'll support you. So I remember on the day of my interview, we had practice and practice got moved from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock so I could go to my interview at 12 and then be able to make it to practice. That was how, that was how I supported the coaching yeah. staff were. And because some of my classes would be at 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock and then after practice, they would move practice from 2 to 4 or 3.30 so I could be able mm-hmm. to come back. So mm-hmm. our coach at Singapore, he was really helpful and supportive in terms of realizing what a player wants and supporting them and also moving things around for them. So without, like, the people around me, I wouldn't be able to, like, do anything because coach will move practice because of, of a class. He will move practice if I have to go to an interview. It's hard to, in a, in a, in a program, for people to be moving things around just for their players. But I learned at Simon Hall, they were, they, the coaches that were really, 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 like really, really concerned and there for you, so they'll do anything to help you. So I really was happy to have a lot of great people around me. So whatever, whatever I needed help with, we like talking to a student about maybe have you been to an interview before? They're like, yes. I'm like, oh my god, can you help me? And can you can you like do me like a prep prep or impromptu interview? They're like, yeah, we we'll do it right now. And then they'll coach me. And then I was like going through different coaches. And then by the time the interview came, I, I thought I was ready. But when I went there, it was it was kind of different. I was able to make my way to the first rounds. And by the second round, I I, I really knew what I, well, like I really knew a lot at that point. So I was when I went, I was really ready at that point. And so tell us about the actual experience itself. And did it validate? Oh everything that you thought you were passionate about in the field? Okay, first, number one, the first thing you do when you go to a job, um, I don't know, for a lot of jobs, but from the places that I've been, the people the people you meet or the people that that's at the job, they're really instrumental or they'll be the ones to help with your growth. Mm-hmm. So when I came in there, they asked me, what do you know? I said, I don't know what I don't know. I don't think I know a lot. It's like, well, that's what we want. We want you coming here not knowing nothing. And that made me feel really comfortable because I was scared going in there. I was like, you know, I don't know what to expect. And I don't know what they expect of me. I don't know what they want me to know already. So it was like pretty much we need people like you who's going to come here ready to learn, ready to absorb everything and be ready to go. So as soon as I heard that, my mentor gave me a lot of coaching. He's like, in this industry, you want to be that guy that is the first in the office and the last to leave. And it was kind of like different for me because from my years at Seal Hall, the times of practice got really better 
coming in my freshman year, we used to wake up at 6 a.m. But by the time we became like a really good or great team and we were coach knew he could kind of count on us to be responsible, he kind of moved things around for us. Just like I told you, there were most practice just because someone had, has, has a class. Mm-hmm. So everything was kind of like at a good time. Maybe I would have my lift at like 10 a.m. I wouldn't have to wake up at 6 a.m. So the toughest part at first was moving to New York and waking up every morning and trying to make it in the office before 6.30. So that was the toughest mm-hmm. part for me. <laughs> right. So, I mean, after, after the first week, I got used to that. But it's it's a lot you have to read and you have to be ready to do all of the work that they ask you. Even And, like, be able to be ready to ask questions. A lot of times, just being new, I didn't know what to ask. I didn't know what was a good question. But... Everybody that I met throughout my journey, they've been like really helpful. They're like, okay, here, here's what you need to be looking at. Hey, here's what you need to be doing. And I was just willing to do anything anybody tell me, you know, because I know like they've been there, they've done that. They probably won't be giving me a bad advice. So I was just right. like taking it in, like, and by the time the internship was over, I felt like I had a good knowledge going back to school. And also I felt like it put me in a good place for me to make that step after basketball. So tell us about that step um, from a perspective of like, what would you share with current athletes about what you learned from that experience and how it helped you make your decision about what you wanted to do after? I mean, my biggest message for every student athlete out there, when I see, when I see someone or someone come ask me, why did you decide to do what you do? The, the goal is to never limit yourself in life. Um, I know we all want to go play professional, but you have to be really honest with yourself. At the end of the day, you want to be in a good position to be able to like, support yourself and support the people around you. So for me, I made that decision from comparing what I had. I had two doors. I can't, I can't do both after college. So I had to, I had to leave something good for something better. So when I, they ask me for advice, I tell them, don't limit yourself. You, you are a student athlete, not just an athlete. So you want to be a student and you want to be an athlete. Once you go to campus, you want to make sure you know who's your professor. You want to know who's in your class. So while you're gone, you could just email your professor oh, sorry, um, I won't be able to make it to class because of this game. Would I be able to catch up with all the homework and everything? He's going to respect you because you like proactive. You reach out to him. And also, if you know everybody on campus, people's going to be willing to talk to you about something. Like like I said, I, I go meet people. Have you had an interview before? They say, yeah. I'm like, can you tutor on me? Nobody would do that if I wasn't saying hi to them every day or like talking yeah. to them after classes. So I just had a relationship with pretty much everybody on campus. So that's why for everything that I've had to do, I've always had people that knew better than me and were willing to share information with me. So sometimes you hear about other students complaining about student athletes being snobbish, but that just, you just want to be that guy that changed the perspective and it's going to help you in the long run because from all the people you meet in life, everyone's going to have a path to your success. 
I know a lot of alumni have reached out to me just from me talking to them after the game or giving them a high five or seeing them on campus and like spending five minutes to talk to them and just give them a little talk about what's going on and everything. And by the time I had good questions about, oh, what industry do you work in? They were like, oh, yeah, we need to talk to you. Like, whenever, here's my number, call me if you need help with career advice. And I just had so many people for me. And all this just happened because I wasn't limiting myself. I was putting myself out there, and I was trying to build a relationship with everybody. So as a student athlete, that's the number one thing you should want to do. If you want to build relationships, never limit yourself, and don't take things for granted. Let's actually just wrap up with, um, you know, your senior year, the progression of that to where you are now. So coming out of that internship, you still came back, senior, uh, captain your senior year, you were a starter. Um, just tell us about that season and, you know, what it what it meant for you, um, just closing out that chapter. So I, I really say my senior year was a blessing. A lot of stuff happened that I didn't expect. Like, uh, when, 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 before the season started, I saw article or I was nominated for the senior class. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> I, I didn't care much about it. I was like, you know what? I'm just focused on the season right now. And it was a challenge for me in terms of just like coming out of the internship and trying to get back in shape because I wasn't playing basketball during my internship because I had to fo- really focus on what I was doing. So I like, took off from basketball for three months. Mm-hmm. So it so I was there, I was like, you know what, I don't want to be the senior that's not contributing to the team at all. So, yeah. so I knew I had to catch up with the young guys and the season, it was really great. We had a couple of really great wins. We had some losses that hurt really much. But you know what, it was all a learning experience. But by the time the season was over and when I looked back at it, I was like, so much happened this year. And I could really say my senior year was my best year. Like I won biggest scholar athlete of the year. I won the, the scholar, the excellence award. Mm. I made Forbes. I, I was on Forbes. I was like, I don't know how all that would happen to me just in one year. So I really think my senior was like really huge. And I give my my young guys. I really give them a lot of credit in terms of like just letting me like be be their leader and just like doing things. For me, because a lot of them looked out for me a lot in the game. And it was just like, on their part, they played a big role in terms of me, like, figuring everything out. So I really, like, my senior year was my best so far. Of course. And to finish, so you mentioned you were featured in Forbes. Um, Tell us about you know, how this is all coming together for you now on the other side of things and where you are now. Can you just tell us about how everything you've learned from step to step, the importance of building the relationships, being curious, putting yourself out there. How is this all transpiring in the success from your senior year? Um, And, you know, what the platform that you now have just a few months into your career? Okay, so first, Everything started with me just being willing and ready to learn. So when, like, my mentors, he, he, I don't know how he knew that, but just from talking to me, he believed in me more than I believed in myself at that point. And for everything, he would tell me, you could do it. 
And I was like, I've never done it before. And he was like, I'm saying you could do it. I've seen people who've done it, and I can tell you you could do it. And I would just believe in his words and everything he said. And pretty much from everybody else that was like, just there to help me, which I really appreciate. It was just like, everything was just happening. Even when the when he reached out to me that folks wanted to talk about my story, I didn't even believe it. I was like, you know what? I'm never going to answer right now. <laughs> and <laughs> and he followed said. up with it. <laughs> yeah, he followed up. He just, that's why I know you talked about the importance of mentorship. It's really important. Like, I really don't know where I'll be without him. I don't know. God has plans, but my mentor was, was really huge in terms of making me realize because I was the guy that shied away from the media. I really did. And when they wanted to talk about something personal, maybe about my journey from that year, I wouldn't want to talk about it because I wouldn't want to open up about how I came here, about all my struggles and everything. I wouldn't want to talk about it. But he was like, the story is amazing. If you could tell me about all of this, why can't you tell them? And then that just, that just got me going. And I did every interview, and I really did forget about the first spot. And after the season, because I never wanted, to, I, I had never wanted to fall off with it because I didn't believe it. So when the season was over, then he texted me. He's like, oh, the article's about to come up Monday. I was like, what article? He was like, the Forbes one. And I was like, okay. I was waiting for Monday. Monday, it didn't come out. He texted me. He was like, it didn't come out because of this. They had to fix this. They had to fix that. And when it came out, he sent me a link. And I was like, man, I came all the way from Nigeria. I can't believe this. And from that day, I just, like, knew, like, there was no limit to what, I, like, anybody could achieve. You just have to believe. Also, you can't believe in yourself, believe in God, and just trust the people around you. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing, Michael. Um, great to have <laughs> yeah. you on the show. Many gems dropped. Um, and, yeah, just thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's, it's really great. I just, at this point, I feel that I should be willing to be able to pay forward and talk to everybody else about just my experience. If anyone can learn from me, feel free. Whatever you can pick from me, go ahead. But the message is to never limit yourself. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple podcast, DM us or contact us on our website, whatever is easiest. We want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives and more pro tips on the way.